Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to another episode of Bulls, Bears, and Blockchain on Revolution Radio. Making smarter financial decisions with your host, Rob Delson, former Fox News host and anchor at Roundtable Media with his team of market masters, Mark Lepresti, Managing Director of Mineta Advisory Partners, co-founder of Battlefin, leading data platform, and a former institutional equities trader at Lehman Brothers. Alex Massioli, founder of Trade the Chain, former head of institutional prime brokerage at Bquant. John Nigerian, co-founder of Market Rebellion, former co-host of Halftime Report on CNBC, and co-founder of Option Monster and Trade Monster. Daily data insights and ticker updates direct from three of the world's top TradFi legal and crypto experts on Bulls, Bears, and Blockchain every Monday and Friday on all your favorite platforms. Let's get started. Welcome to Bulls, Bears, and Blockchain. I'm Rob Nelson from Roundtable on the Street, Alex Massioli from Trade the Chain, Mark Lepresti, Mineta Advisory Partners, John Nigerian, Dr. J is not with us today, so you two guys are going to hold the fort down for everything TradFi, DeFi, Wi-Fi. I threw that one in just a little twist to get people off guard. B3 Nation, thanks for listening. This is our podcast. Do not forget, we also do a Twitter Spaces every Thursday, 5.30 Eastern Time. Follow us at Get Rev Radio on X Spaces, formerly known as Twitter. We got a fun show today. A lot going on. We're facing a potential government shutdown. Is that significant or not? Mark's going to tell us what the markets think about that. Commodity prices are battling against inflation. What's that going to mean? The Fed's on a temporary hold. Mark will also have insights on that. Alex, Coinbase becoming a major player, as if they weren't already a major player. We'll talk about what that means. And to start things off, we love to welcome our sponsors, Celine Automotive. For those of you who don't know, it's the old school. Mark, you know, I don't know if I've ever, I think I had Sausaline cars when I was a teenager, right? I mean, that guy's like a legendary designer. Or, I don't know, you call it designer or engineer or car creator. Yeah, he's he's all those things, Rob, and a, and a race car driver. Um, the company has been around for over 40 years. They famously uh, have customized for those 40 years, uh, Mustangs, some of the most incredible Ford Mustangs, under license with Ford on the streets. It's very likely that you've seen him. It's also likely that you've seen his incredibly famous Celine S7. That's that supercar or hypercar, as some may argue. It's what Jim Carrey drove in Bruce Almighty and a lot of other box office blockbusters. Transformers actually featured some of Steve's incredible automobiles. He is coming out with a new... Uh, supercar that is actually affordable. It's the S1. It's going to come out in about a year. It's in uh, beta right now, Prototype Production. Um, we got to play with the car. Myself, John, our friend Adam Carolla got to play with the car on the racetrack at Willow Springs a few weeks ago. Well, B3 listeners have heard the tales, so I don't want to beleaguer everybody with that story once again, but an incredible car that's going to retail at around $125,000, entirely handmade, American-built, 
from the ground up, from the from the the, the engine block, the monocoque tubing, and and uh, a, a chassis system um, for around 125 grand. Something really really special. Celine is sponsoring. This is a paid advertisement. Producer Patrick will make sure that the appropriate disclaimers are in the link here under this YouTube video or however you might be watching on one of the many platforms. Celine is raising capital through a Reg CF, a crowdfunding. That's that uh, Jobs Act um, funding mechanism that was created some time ago to expand the opportunities to invest in companies like Celine Automotive beyond just the professional venture capital and private equity world to the average person enabling them to invest in companies like Celine in, in bite-sized or affordable affordable increments. You can learn more by going to Start Engine, um, the uh, uh, crowdfunding platform, Bacton, who's spokesperson, friend of show, Mr. Wonderful himself, Kevin O'Leary. If you go over to Start Engine, put in uh, Celine, their uh, landing page for this Reg CF will pop up right away. Um, check it out with any uh, private investment or public investment. There are risks involved, including the risk of the complete loss of your capital. So please consider those risks carefully before investing. But putting that fine print aside, it is a chance for folks like me who had posters of these cars on their wall in high school, as I did, to own a piece of the Celine dream and the next exciting chapter in this company. You know, I learned, Rob, in talking to, Celine, to Steve Celine, and we've become pretty friendly through the course of this project that um, Celine cars, the S7 primarily have one more. And Alex, you're going to love this as a former race car driver yourself and a car nut like me have one more combined races. I'm talking Le Mans. I'm talking Sebring. I'm talking Nürburgring. I'm talking, et cetera, et cetera. Than any other um, Porsche, Ferrari, Mercedes combined in the hands of private race teams. So private hey, teams is did you know that Alex? That's like a stunning... I, I, Yeah, I did not know that. I think that's a fantastic feat. Mm. Um it just shows Have you ever the, uh, one, Alex? Uh Selena Seven. I, I could only uh hope. No, that is a car <laughs> that came, uh very few numbers, uh meticulously engineered and uh loved by everybody. Well, you know, as we get into the show, maybe as one of our topics, we might just touch on the auto strike and what what that's doing. But first, Mark, let's jump into the big picture. On yeah, because that's a that's a hot topic. But so is the federal government on the verge of a shutdown. So let's talk briefly about that, Mark, and how the you know your quick sixty seconds on how how the you know as as we enter into the week, how you're feeling about the markets, um, the and then. Part of that is the government shutdown, which again, I want to I, I want to get into whether it's actually the markets even care at this point. But what you know, what are you seeing as we head into the week? We had the Fed stuff last week. Are the markets happy? Are they sad? Are they sitting on their butts waiting? Still, still digesting, Rob. Um, the, today continued uh, Friday's positive price action in the major indices um, and kicked off the last week of September. In modest style, all three major indices um, in the green, healthily in the green. Um, the uh, S&P up almost half a percent. The NASDAQ also up almost half a percent. Uh, the Dow uh, just uh, 0.13%, um, the lowest of the gains of the three. 
Um, we did see the 10-year higher yet again by 10 basis points to 4.5% uh, uh, reaching the highest level since 2007. Since 2007. Lots of trader talk about that ever steepening yield curve and whether or not that's just screaming alarm bells for recession, which as we've talked about so much on the show, is typically what that means. Um, but listen, you know, I think uh, this uh, a positive movement in the market today is unfortunately somewhat short-lived. I don't think the market liked what it heard by and large from the Fed. It got the pause it was looking for, but it got it with a decidedly hawkish tone with an, almost an outright commitment from J-Pow to at least one more hike or one more hike uh, in terms of a tempo basis. But whether it's 25 or 50 still remains to be seen. The market doesn't like that. And of course, as John said on our last show, Rob, on Thursday, higher for longer. If the market has priced in the fact that we've got at least another quarter base, a, a quarter uh, to go, 25 basis points to go between now and the end of the year, to the upside in terms of interest rates, for how long will those rates stay at those levels before the Fed starts to cut? And unfortunately, that timeline continues to get pushed out further and further by a larger number of traders and market watchers. So, you know, you even heard John say, we may not see the first rate cut in 2024. Actually, I don't agree with that. I think we will see the first cut. I think the Fed will have to make the first cut in 2024. But think about it, Rob. If the first cut's a quarter basis point to where we are today, that is still sky-high right. interest rates that corporations and Main Street alike will have to be dealing with in terms of their cost of capital. And although, although, although we don't have John, so we won't have our fantastic future segment, we will talk later in the show about rising commodity prices, you know, what commodities are doing to, to counter that, which could be bad news on in the inflation front for the Fed. Let's talk a little about the government shutdown. Alex, bring sure. you in this conversation too. Um, okay, at this point, I my theory is they do this all the time. I think they are going to have a temporary shutdown. I, I could be wrong. Your politics, everything changes. But but truthfully, both the TradFi and the crypto markets, how do they react to that at this point? So you know, you know, is the is the market just kind of prepared for it? It's not like the government. It's not like the world comes to an end. I mean, they shut it down for a week or two and then they start it back up. Like truthfully, everyone makes it seem like it's doomsday. At this point, I'm like, is it really? I mean, geez, you practically said everything I was about to say. Um, yeah, you know the the government. We've been to, we've been to this movie before. We see how it ends. Um, you know, the reason we shut the government down still surprises me uh, that they can't figure it out. They're only hurting the American people uh, who voted them all in. Um, you know, if we do see a shutdown and we go a week, possibly two weeks, Rob. Um, you know, it's going to have a negative impact on the markets, but I don't see it being long lasting. It never has been in the recent uh, past when we have shut it down. I believe the last time we were at this situation, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, we ended up not shutting it down, which was a stroke of luck. Um, but previous to that, I know we've had some instances. Uh, it's a temporary bearish case for the markets, both trapped by crypto, um, but not long term. It bounces back the minute they turn the light switch on. I do want to add one more thing real quick. Mark, uh, Jay Powell's speech was very telling um, what he spoke about in the end. 
3.8% unemployment rate, still too low. Uh, what, what's your take on stuff, on comments like that? They're, they're uh, both telling, reckless, and should give folks a very clear, if people would just listen to what their government is telling them, this is administration that has botched monetary policy so badly that they want to see unemployment exceed 3.8% and go even higher. I, there's not much more. It, that speaks so many volumes unto itself, Alex, that it almost yeah. strains credulity to say more. And if if I have time, Rob, I would like to comment on, on the government shutdown stuff. While, while I agree with most of what Alex said, there is some pretty significant pain that even a temporary shutdown could cause some estimates uh, indicate Goldman Sachs, by way of example, uh, indicates that every every week that the government is shut down, it could reduce GDP by 20 basis points, 20 basis points a week. That is not something we can afford in this recessionary, inflationary, energy inflationary, $6 and $7 gas in some parts of the country. That's not something this economy can afford. The travel sector in a government shutdown alone because of its reliance on government workers, TSA and all that, is estimated to lose $140 million a day. You saw some unusual options activity, bearish unusual options activity today in names like Delta, in my opinion, for that reason. And look, at the end of the day, this also means further damage to the credibility of the United States as a trade partner, as a responsible economic counterparty to the rest of the world, it could mean more consideration of changes and downgrades to government-issued debt that's going to make it harder for this government to print money. Maybe that's a good thing. That is a good thing, but I wish we didn't get there in this respect. So we are actually, John and I, have actually put some volatility trades on since we last talked about this on Thursday. We teased it. We've done some more research. We're expecting volatility in the broader markets, particularly in the NASDAQ. As the brinksmanship continues, we get closer to a shutdown. And if a shutdown happens, it's going to be brief. You're absolutely right, Alex. It's going to be temporary. There's going to be some pain, but it's going to be short-lived, I hope. But you will see volatility and some opportunities to make some coin. And Mark, Rob, Rob, I gotta, I gotta come. But this is an interesting discussion. This is turning out to be, <laughs> as opposed to the usual. Like, what's the? <laughs> yeah, you know, he's never been this interesting lately. No, I'm just joking, Mark. Um, wow. <laughs> you take what Mark said, and he's absolutely correct. And first of all, 140 million in, uh, you know, the travel sector. Uh, you take other numbers, the the 0.2 percent GDP, uh, you know growth halt. Um, we also have some other compounding issues as well. You know, we have the UAW still on strike. Uh, that's going to affect new car manufacturing and sales. Um, we were just, uh, you know, we follow the used car and the new car markets pretty closely uh, as a bellwether to certain uh, market uh, indicators. And we just got out of a period where used car prices were at astronomical all-time highs and we were recovering. We were going into a position where there's going to be overproduction of new cars. Now, we're we're just moving backwards, and we're we're going back to the same problem. Just as you know, Mark has mentioned 
for months and months about people collecting their uh, their money or running up their credit cards. We had the travel industry and, you know, slowly coming out uh, over the last two years and, and looking for profitability. And we're now shutting them right back into where we were uh, at the beginning of COVID as well. So, I mean, to Mark's point, the more I think about, the more I talk about it, the long-term underbelly of the situation could be uh, could set us back. So let me argue against that because again, I get it, and I get I get Mark everything you're saying. The GDP thing aside, they never let the essential workers not work. They're not going to not have TSA workers. You know, I feel like both sides weaponize this. So right now, Democrats are going to weaponize it and say that Republicans are going to shut the U.S. government down. There'll be all kinds of catastrophe. I mean, isn't it fair to say that the markets kind of adjust to this? And, and prepare for it. We're not going to lose essential workers. They'll find a way to fund what they have to fund. You know, we'll airline, we'll travel and lose that. We just went through a writer's strike Rob, in the you know, entertainment industry that cost millions and hundreds of millions, and we were fine. You're right. But it takes a few times before it becomes uh, a non-event, right? We have to absorb the, the getting used to things like this. I think it's still too soon. I, I think we're, you know, we're, we're very delicate. Uh, across the markets right now, um, just coming out of COVID very recently, it might be too soon for us to, you know, just look the other way for the everyday person. What happens with the UA with the auto strike? I mean, that's a factor, Alex, you brought up. I mean, that is a big deal. I mean, they're not going to come back. They're not, that's going to last a little bit. I don't know what are the, Mark, the long, the, the short-term implications of that. Well, one thing, Rob, I just want to be clear on the shutdown. I'm not calling for a market crash. We're calling for volatility, right? And and I think that that's an important distinction. And you raise a very important point, which is it could be doom and gloom. But if the market has priced the tsunami hitting California into the indices, then when the tsunami gets here, then maybe the market doesn't crash in that same way if it's priced in. That's always the seminal question, Robin. I'm really glad you brought that up. Is this priced in? And I don't think it's fully priced in. I think some of the numbers that we saw today in terms of the economic impact of a shutdown did come as a bit of a surprise. And again, before I answer your question on the UAW, we're calling for high levels of vol not necessarily serious market correction. And there's a very important difference in that. I know and we took know, it, look. I know we took a dark turn there, Mark, but <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. I mean that's okay. There's, that's okay. There's still time. There is still time for the markets to price this in, Mark. So they're not done yet. They've still got time. That's right. I would suggest you tell all your market friends I price this one in because I got a feeling they they might push this right into a temporary shutdown. Hundred percent. I, 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 I agree with you as close to 100% as I can. If we know anything from the history of this particular government that we have right now, this is as polarized and partisan as I've ever seen it. You, you use the word weaponized. That is exactly what both sides are going to do right up till the end, which, again, is why I feel really comfortable saying we're going to see volatility. And if you know how to play volatility, you can make some money. And that's what we're setting up to do and have set hey, up to do. We put another Mark, trade on today, a vol trade on today. Before we talk about the UAW, Alex, are sure. we going to see that same volatility in, in crypto, particularly Bitcoin? Around yeah, we're we're, we're going to see that volatility in crypto. Uh, you know, we're going to see it once it hits the... Uh, 
you know, equities market um, and commodities market, we're going to see it travel right across the uh, wall to crypto as well. And I think it's really important at this point, now thinking back on the last seven minutes of our discussion, that we're not calling for the end of the world. To Mark's point, we're calling for volatility. Volatility will scare the crap out of you <clears throat> or the you know the average person in the short term. But for traders, volatility is going to make them money. So there's right. good and bad that comes out of this. That's right. And how does the UAW play into that, Mark, the, the auto strike? Listen, I, I think it, to Alex's point, um, the... To Alex's point, the auto industry, both the used car and the new car, has been on a heck of a roller coaster coming in and out of COVID, going through the supply chain issues, the chip shortages, et cetera, et cetera. To, to Alex's point earlier, we did see used car, that Mannheim index that comes out oft, often ahead of the, or almost always ahead of the inflation prints, the PCI, PCE. So it gives us a little sneak peek into what the inflation prints are going to be. We've talked about that and sort of, educated our audience on how to use that information to trade better and to trade smarter. Um, I think it could actually, if this thing continues, um, and of course, you know, President Biden, you know, went in there personally yesterday, and now everything is solved. Well, you know, being handed breaking news right now, Rob, that everything has not been solved. Um, I apologize for that. That was that was fake news. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I could I could resist that one. I I could not resist that one. Um, but yeah, look, I I think this could spell further pain for the auto industry. And when you take this kind of production offline for what is it a, a week plus now that this has been going on, um, you're talking about a lot of cars. So I think short term we're going to see those used car prices. That Mannheim index is going to print up again. Unfortunately for anybody in the market for a used car. Where do we see where do we see a boost? I mean, if you, if you see this affecting, I mean, obviously you could say Tesla, you know, EVs, but yeah. EVs are expensive. But where do we see a boost? Out of bicycles, bicycles, <laughs> bicycles, bicycles, and Teslas. <laughs> I am buying. I am longing huffy. Jet, jet skis. If you can take a jet ski to wow. work, as Alex does, like you know, it's 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 wow. fantastic. I, all right, Tesla. So Tesla, I'm I'm going to suggest Tesla stock may benefit. Um, Alex, yeah. Let, let's talk. Let's do a quick crypto overview. Then we'll get some picks from you guys. What what is the uh, what is the state of our crypto markets today? Ah, uh, the state of the crypto markets. Well, the state of the crypto markets is uh, well. To, heading into Monday, it's much like the Trad Five markets. Not a hell of a lot uh, moving around. Um, you know, crypto. Oh, let's see. Um, excuse me while I collect myself on this because it's hard to invent new buzzwords to make it interesting. Uh, quite honestly, we're all a little sleepy. The one good thing I will tell you from the trading perspective is our desk has been more active with volatility. And this came after the FOMC meeting that happened last week. We saw price uh, depreciate a couple points on both Ethereum and Bitcoin. Uh, we've been extremely choppy over the weekend. Um, so, you know, it, it's been great trading. Um, you know, Monday, listen, Monday, uh, U.S. trading hour, uh, hours were relatively unchanged. The one good guiding light we saw was uh, sentiment on trade the chain.com dashboards uh, turning bullish on the daily for both Bitcoin 
and Ethereum. So we're really happy with that. Um, we were hoping uh, today's news, breaking news, and it wasn't fake news. Uh, Michael Saylor uh, was the one buying Bitcoin the past few weeks, 147.3 million worth to be exact. Um, unfortunately, we didn't see uh, any sort of difference in price action like we've normally seen in the past uh, since he first started Bitcoin. And this goes back to the, to your point, uh, Rob, with news, you know, is it priced in? At this point, it seems that people are just desensitized to Michael Saylor and MicroStrategy buying large amounts of Bitcoin. So the market isn't reacting anymore towards it. Um, and and for those of you that are curious, MicroStrategy now owns $4.68 billion in Bitcoin. Uh, what we did see on Monday's market session, uh, session was uh, we, we were really looking for a bullish break uh, on Bitcoin above 26.1. Uh, we did that early. Um, we looked at for it to move at to 26.25k, which again it did just before noon Eastern time. Um, and now our next price target for Bitcoin is 26.45k. Uh, we're we're about 80 uh, percent there to that next threshold. Um, and if you remember the trade the chain, uh, you received this uh, outlook from us on our daily newsletter. Uh, called the Squawk Box update every morning. We hit all our targets today, uh, Monday with a T, so we were very excited about that, uh, real happy about the team. Um, other than that, Rob, we're still seeing low volumes across the board. Uh, you know, there's, it, it's, it, we're hoping the volatility stays up. We're, we're you know, in a uh, almost a, I don't want to be negative about it. If the government does shut down to what we were just speaking about, it'll create that volatility for traders. Um, so that would be a positive note in crypto. Um, you know, that's it. Looking forward. I, listen, the usual stuff. Uh, we got consumer confidence data coming and uh, new home sales data coming out on the same day. We have Q2 GDP and pending new home sales on Thursday. And that's going to be kicker. With a bonus, Jay Powell, uh, who's speaking that day as well. I think we have six Fed speakers in all uh, for this week. So that will be capped off by August PC, uh, PCE inflation data on Friday. And, you know, as I say on uh, my other shows, you know, this is a time to stay safe and hang on to your handlebars. Especially since now bicycles are in, according to Mark. You know, it's funny how that... That just came together. That yeah. was perfect. Hey, Alex, what would be since if if the market's baked in Michael Saylor buying you know millions of dollars of Bitcoin, what would be something that would affect it? Obviously, Bitcoin ET spot ETFs, right? Because my theory is that I think they're going to wait and approve like four, three, or four at once. That's my theory. They're going to approve a handful. That would be right. That would be a big boom. We, we've talked about this in the past, uh, particularly the beginning of September when all the hype was there. We had the big spike up in the in Bitcoin uh, end of August with the uh, grayscale news, the victory over the SEC. Um, if we get a couple of ETF approvals into the market, and I want to point out, I want to be selective on who gets approved, particularly BlackRock. And I don't see how they don't get approved if someone else does. Um, I, I think we're going to see we're going to see the beginning of the next uh, bull run going into the halving for next year, and it's going to be the catalyst that jump starts it. So, quick, Alex, a pick or two um, that you're looking at this week that you're going to be making. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great time to, uh, you know, start DCAing more into Bitcoin. Um, I'm, I'm, I've already did my uh, first couple of trades into that onto the desk. Uh, I think the price is where the moving averages are holding its own. It's not, I don't believe it's going to be, it's going to go lower or very much lower. I don't think we're going to have that death fall sentence uh, that both I and a couple others were predicting down below 20K in the beginning of the year. Um, I think that uh, right now we're, we're holding a lot of support in the mid-20s, uh, and, and this could be the start of uh, a good run. So we're keeping an eye on those ETFs, um, as well as we're making short-term trades with the volatility. So long-term DCA positions we're taking out, and then short-term volatility that can include shorts and longs. Um, but time duration is a matter of uh, hours and days. We'll get Mark's picks in a minute. But Alex, let's talk since we're talking Bitcoin. Let's talk a little about Coinbase. So Coinbase is the, now the world's leading Bitcoin entity. So they're 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 um, matching Satoshi. What what does that mean? I didn't actually realize there was nobody bigger. I guess I didn't think about it bigger than Satoshi. <laughs> Well, whoever, I mean, that is. whoever that is or whoever, what what people or agencies that may be, right? Um, yeah, I you know, Coinbase has amassed uh, more uh, value in Bitcoin in its wallets than um, the Satoshi wallet. And if anybody is, you know, remotely familiar with that, uh, Satoshi wallet is the wallet that uh, Satoshi has kept his Bitcoins in and never sold. And they're worth $25 billion. That's a big number, $25 billion. Now, regardless of who you may think or conspiracy, you know, conspiracy theory about who Satoshi is, uh, the fact that Coinbase has hit this milestone, you know, just speaks volumes to how much they've stayed out of trouble and stepped ahead in the turbulent uh, markets of centralized counterparty uh, exchanges over the last 24 months because they, we've seen big people fall celsius voyager uh you know a bunch of other lenders we've seen coinbase still be here even though they're getting sued by the sec but yet still approved to sell government uh bitcoin on the open market right. um they're still here and so i think this is a trophy so alex the coinbase issue i mean they $25 billion in Bitcoin. The U.S. government is getting ready to approve. I Like I said, I think they're going to do a basket of ETFs, but BlackRock will be one of them, Pride Fidelity. Yeah. At that point, how do you how do they shut down Coinbase? They don't, right? I mean, they can't make, they don't need, Coinbase can't go away. It, it's going to be, you know, there's no more too big to fail anymore. That's, that's a misnomer. We saw that from 2008. Um, this is... Uh, too big to not be a really big mess if something happens, right? So uh, I don't think there's really a good secondary backup partner to come in if they decide to eviscerate Coinbase. I think Coinbase and the U.S. government are going to eventually, uh, you know, meet in the aisle if we want to talk, you know, government terms. Uh, but uh, I think it's going to, you know, they're going to come together. I, I think that, you know, the... Coinbase has been or is joined up with BlackRock, uh, BlackRock as their surveillance partner on the Bitcoin ETF. That's a big deal because that's overseen by the government regulators, CFTC, SEC, mm -hmm. where whoever grabs jurisdiction. Um, I don't see Coinbase going down. 
I, I see well, Coinbase coming to terms with the government. That's what I was going to say. Given that they are the partner for BlackRock, who the government is going to approve for the spot ETFs, what what do you think happens? I mean, does Coin do, does the government just drop its suit against Coinbase? I mean, what actually occurs if you're using them and they're carrying all, they're carrying all this Bitcoin? What does the government do? That's a great question. Hey, listen, I mean, you remember the news of the SEC suing BlackRock uh, shortly after they said they're launching a Bitcoin ETF? I mean, who knows? Mark would have a better perception of it because anything that spits out of my mouth about these conspiracy theories and whatnot is going to be rubbish. As far as I'm concerned, they're just trying to take their their money, uh, you know, as quick as they can. And at the same breath, say we love you so so mark what so what does happen here i mean coinbase 25 billion in bitcoin they're the partner with blackrock blackrock's going to get approved as an etf does the government drop its suit against coinbase nope nope matter of fact nope (laughs) zero zero chance i mean it literally it's 0.000 chance of that um so yeah, the U.S. government is the only government in the world who I know can kiss you on the lips while spanking you in the butt at the same time. If, if it was only a spanking, that that would that would be great. Uh, but uh, I mean, right? You're sounding pretty good and kinky here now. All of a sudden. <laughs> um, okay, Mark, let's talk a little bit. Wow, I don't even know where to go with that. But uh, <laughs> doesn't sound that bad to me. Um. So let's talk a little about commodities. We don't have Dr. J with us, um, but but we are seeing an interesting trend. And you mentioned it earlier in commodities kind of being on a tear. And we talked about this last week with energy, but it's more than just energy. Um, and, the, and, and that's going to complicate the Fed's inflation fight. So let's first talk about what's happening with commodities and then, you know, what that means for J-POW and good or bad news for the rest of us. Yeah, listen, it's it's bad news all around, Rob. Um, and as we've said, looking at market cycles historically, when a Fed, not just this Fed under JPA, but when a Fed gets to the end or, or the market believes that a Fed is getting to an end of an interest rate hiking cycle, like we are here, it seems like we've been close to the end for months, but these things take time, commodities traditionally and historically, have gone up and have spiked. And that's both metals, energy-related commodities, and so-called soft commodities, things like orange juice, cattle, agricultural commodities primarily. Um, and that is, that, that's really tough because when you have a Fed that's trying to fight inflation by raising rates, by increasing the cost of capital, and looking to stop, get to the end of that rate hike cycle before cutting rates, but you have these other exogenous factors that are pushing inflation higher no matter what you do by raising rates and making the cost of capital more. It just becomes this, uh, you know, like like, like the opposite, uh, putting two uh, positive ends of a magnet or two magnets together. It's, it's just this constant uh, uh, tension without any particular movement one, one way or the other. And when you have the kind of spike in energy prices that, of course, makes it more expensive to produce a lot of those soft commodities, those agricultural commodities, all of this basically means things cost more for consumers. It costs more for manufacturers. It costs more 
performers. And this has been going on for a while. These agricultural prices have been adding another layer of pain to consumers while it's when core inflation, excluding food and energy, were as high as 4.3, as we all know, just last month in August. So it's difficult. It highlights the picture and the and the job that the Fed has in trying to combat inflation. It's not just pulling that lever of bringing hikes up, uh, cutting uh, uh, cutting rates, raising rates, and the timing of them. There's all this other stuff at work. So you know, you now, I've been on the cocoa bandwagon since uh, June. Okay, yeah. I think. Cocoa has been a great trade to the long side, and I've used it to hedge some of my downside. So, yep. yeah, and we've and we've covered it. I mean, you know, the Dr. J's been covering cocoa. Dr. J's been covering FCOJ. I've been talking about uh, things like wheat and corn uh, since since May and June, and and not because you know, Rob, not because we have a crystal ball, um, but because if we look at these historical trends that tend to repeat themselves, if we believe that we were getting to the end or we could identify when the end of a rate increasing cycle was upon us, you could start to see commodity prices go up. You may remember, Rob, we, we played it with gold and silver, um, I think both in an ETF and, and, and in a derivative on the physical gold side, if I remember correctly, which we shared with the audience. And and Rob, if we if we have a, a minute, I did have some picks because I know everybody. Wait, wait. I want your picks. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, please. So you introduced another giant word, um, but you just mentioned the inflation stuff. So I looked it up here on my phone because I wasn't one hundred percent sure. Exogenous. He said <laughs> yes, exogenous. So exogenous is relating to or developing from external factors. Right. So are the exogenous things you're talking about? Is the commodity rise the exogenous thing, or is it the Fed and what the Fed does and what so the close to does? another word? I know, I know. It is back to the kissing and being spanked thing. But wow, oh my God, it's going to be an X-rated show. It's on PG thirteen <laughs> at a, at a minimum. So, so yeah, Rob, great, great definition there. And um, it, it, you it, can thank Webster or whoever. There you go. Um, I think he's dead, but I, you know, I'll we'll. We'll, we'll say a prayer for him, but in any event, um, exogenous to the Fed's core, like all the Fed can do, right, is increase rates and, and decrease rates and determine when and how to increase and decrease those rates. That's really the Fed's only lever that they have to pull. So exogenous in this case is those factors that are outside of the Fed's control that the Fed can't really do much about that nonetheless impact both how effective their monetary policy or ineffective in this case, their monetary policy is and what that means for the broader economy. Which as you're saying is not great news. This is the doomsday show. <laughs> Rob, Mark and, and Alex. So, so Mark, what are your picks? Uh, you, you can be bullish. You can be bearish because there's always a good pick, no matter what's happening. Well, th since, since things are so messed up on this planet, Rob, I'm going long space. Um, that's actually a, a, a chuckle and also true. Um, John and I shared a new long that we put on in our, our personal portfolio, RKLB Rocket Labs. That stock we put on at four and a quarter on Wednesday or Thursday morning, I believe. I know we talked about it on Thursday's X Spaces show. Um, stock was uh, over 440 in the after hours. Part of that, I think, 
was on just a lot of good news in the space industry in general. Sierra Space, a subsidiary of private aerospace contractor Sierra Nevada Corporation, announcing a $300 million raise at a $5 billion valuation. They're one of the many companies that are working to build a private space station. Exciting stuff, and it, it's it's not science fiction. Not it's to be confused happening. with the beer company. Not to be confused with the beer company, Sierra Nevada, correct? That's also a mountain range and a place, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, we also had, you know, uh, Bezos, baby, I'm not talking about Amazon, Blue Origin, announcing some C-suite uh, uh, shakeups that uh, investors, the private company, of course, but investors largely applauding those changes. And by the way, while we're at it, of course, the AI wars continue Amazon announcing that $4 billion further investment in their Amazon platforms with the investment into AI startup Anthropic, which is incredible. And of course, not to be outdone, Microsoft also today says, oh, hey, folks, by the way, ChatGPT can now see, hear, and speak. Cue the Terminator music. Microsoft up on that. By the way, we had unusual bullish options activity this morning from our friends over at Market Rebellion on Microsoft. Always interesting to see how somebody might know or see something. Always look to those unusual options that those guys provide. So I've got bullish on Rocket Labs. I'm bullish on Microsoft. I am unfortunately bearish on the swoosh. Nike is reporting on Thursday. And look, when you're facing record levels of credit card debt, stretching the dollar when your FCOJ or your Starbucks coffee java costs more than it has perhaps ever in your life. You ain't going out and buying those new Air Jordans. You're going to put that off until the next time you've got some extra money in your pocket. I think Nike is going to disappoint when it reports on Thursday. That proposition supported as well by some unusual bearish options activity that we saw some rather significant bearish options activity over at Market Rebellion in Nike. Well, there you have it. Rocket Labs, Blue Origin, Sierra Nevada, exogenous. I don't know. All these things seem to have multiple meanings if you want to go there. Uh, <laughs> um, Mark Lepresti, Alex Massioli, been a great show. Um, Dr. J will wish he was here. I'm Rob Nelson from the Street Roundtable. Um, and a shout out to our sponsor, Saline Automotive. All you listening, this is the Bulls, Bears, and Blockchain podcast. We also do a Twitter Spaces every Thursday, 5.30 Eastern. I need to start calling it X Spaces. It's hard. Now they say X Spaces, formerly known as Twitter Spaces. On X Spaces uh, at 5.30 Eastern, follow us at Get Rev Radio. Follow each of us as well. Thank you, guys. Great show. B3 Nation, again, this is not financial advice. It's just our thoughts and opinions. Take them or leave them. It is at your discretion. However, these guys do pretty good with what they do. <laughs> so thanks, Mark. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for joining Rob Nelson, Alex Massioli, Mark Lapresti, and John Nigerian with another great episode of Bulls, Bears, and Blockchain twice a week on Revolution Radio. Whether you're new to the world of Web3 finance or an experienced investor, we've got you covered. Follow us on Twitter at GetRevRadio and visit our website at revolutionradio.io, helping you make smarter financial decisions. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.